Do it. So, what inspires you as an actor? Well, as an actor, watching a movie and seeing a great performance, I think. You know, when I'm watching a movie at home, I'll, I'll shut the TV off or I'll pause it and I'll say to my wife, can you believe the acting that's going on here? And it always it drives her crazy because she's not into it as much as I am. But I just really appreciate getting inspired by great scenes with great acting. It gets me, it gets me very pumped up. And I love yeah. analyzing it and wondering how I would have done it and things like that too. Yeah, that reminds me of a joke that my uh, teacher told us. He was like, how many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, one, while the other actors go down there, oh, I could have screwed it in so much better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love when people say that because that's actually what motivates me too. Like, there'll be a time where I'm just, you know, because I'm guilty of procrastinating, but there'll be times where I, you know, just sit on my ass and then my friends say, let's go see a show or my friend is in a show or there's a show that I want to see. And it really inspires me to be like, okay, now it's my turn to show you what I can do. You know? Right. You know? Yeah, Definitely. Right. So where were you the moment that you decided, okay, I want to be an actor? I was in a movie theater in Des Moines, Iowa, during college. And there was a movie called Airplane, which is a really old movie way before your time. But it's like a slapstick comedy movie. It's still on cable. I, it was playing last week, I think, on HBO. But it's just a silly, goofy comedy. And uh, I remember watching it thinking, now that looks fun. I can't imagine doing that for a living. That would be so great. And that was my first time I ever considered it. And I, I thought about doing it in college, but I was playing football. And football and theater didn't really mix at my school. socially or schedule wise. So there really was no way to do it. So I didn't all the way up until I was, uh, excuse me, until I was 45 years old. So I'm a late bloomer. So when I was 45, I started taking acting classes and going about the right way, taking a lot of workshops and classes and got an agent. And yeah, I've been doing it for about 15 years now. Nice. Nice. Now, um, I have to point this out because, you know, the audition process is such a, uh, you know, it's such a, uh, I feel like the audition process because I, when I first got into acting, I didn't really understand it, but I feel like the audition process is one of the most uh, misunderstood things in, you know, our culture. Right. Um a lot of people don't get it. And it's sad because a lot of, you know, veterans that have been doing this for years still don't get it. But uh, how do you approach the audition process and look at it? Uh, do you mean how, how do I get the audition or what do I do after I've already been sent the audition? Well, well I guess what I'm saying is in the audition process, when you're on your way to the audition okay how do you look at it? or how do you just look at the right. whole process in general i know right. sometimes with acting you can kind of send videos but when you're there like how do you feel about the whole process sure yeah now nowadays well especially with covid nothing's in person anymore yeah. but even before covid i would say 98 percent of my auditions were taped very few live auditions where i live in dallas uh 
you know, if you are in LA or Atlanta, if you live there, you might have a lot more in-person auditions, but most of mine are taped. So it's a totally different way of looking at it. Uh, when you're taping at home, I mean, if you mess up, you just, you just redo it. You know, there's, there's yeah. a lot less pressure when you're doing it on your own. Now going to an in-person audition is a whole different type of thing. It is more stressful. Uh, you usually get the audition at least at least two or three days in advance. So you have, you know, some time to prepare, learn your lines, be off book, create the character in your head, get a little backstory going uh, so you can become that character when you walk into the room. Uh, so when you show up for an audition, there'll be some people there waiting in line. You know, it might be five or ten other actors that you're competing with. Uh, but you just sit there and you just try and get into your character and they come out and they'll call you in, you go in, you kick butt, and then you leave and you kind of forget about it. Because uh, that it, it's like a lottery to even be asked to audition, but to book the role is like really winning a big time lotto because there's up to 3,000 people getting submitted for, for the larger roles. So you're, you're very fortunate to ever even get an audition for these things. So and that, and all that, yeah. that's what creates the pressure because you realize how fortunate you are to be there. So exactly, exactly. And I remember when we were talking off of podcast, you were you would tell me about audition etiquette, which surprises me how people don't realize it. And I was interviewing uh, one of my. Uh, old, um, well, he wasn't really my classmate, but he went to uh, Colin before me, and he was saying that there should we were saying that there should be a balance w- between auditions because I know you say a lot of people you've ran into don't necessarily have you know um, audition etiquette. I yeah, it's, I've seen I've seen it all. You know, they'll be in the lobby right out right outside the door, and you know, socializing and talking loud and. They'll be on their cell phone talking loud and casting agent will have to open the door and ask him to please be quiet. And I guarantee you, he remembers who is in the hallway making all that racket. And it's not, it's not going to look, it's not going to make you look real good. So when I, when I go in, I sit off in the corner by myself as much as possible. I don't talk to anybody and I just concentrate on, you know, on what I'm about, what I'm about to do, you know, maybe go, go through my lines two or three times, things of that sort take some deep breaths and uh, then go do what I do. I'm the same way. Like people think I'm mean or bipolar almost because, you know, I, um, I asked my uh, friend, I was like, she's a casting agency uh, agent. And I asked her, I was like, what do you guys look for over everything? And she said, we look for ease. We look for your aura. We look for the energy that you bring in the room. You can, you know, stumble over every line. And we would rather have somebody that stumbled over every line with good charisma, great energy, respectful, than somebody that was kind of cold and nervous, did it perfectly, but had a bad attitude. Yeah. You know, and and I know that I'm the type of person, if I get agitated, it's hard for me to hide it. So usually I'm like you, I'll like just sit down and like a high or a wave, it's okay. You know, and it is reassuring that, you know, you see one of your right. friends there to kind of cover you a little bit. But but I'm memorizing lines, right. man. Now, now sure. when I come out 
we could meet up, talk, go to Canes or whatever. Right. But yeah. if I haven't went in that room yet, man. Right. Well, once you're in the parking lot, you know, just be normal and be as loud and crazy as you want to be, just not inside the casting office. But yeah, you're right. When you when you first walk in the door for that audition, uh, they're sizing you up for the minute you walk in the door. And people want to work with people who they like. And if you're just if you walk in, seem likable and approachable and professional, you, that goes a long way. And like you said, you can screw up your lines. Uh, just 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 keep on going and just just show them how professional you are. And you know, it goes a long way. Definitely, definitely. Did you read the uh, Brian, what Brian uh, Cranston said about the audition process? I, I, recently, no, I didn't read anything recently. What do you say? Well, he, he said, and this is true, and I'm guilty of this as well. He said most actors expect something back automatically from an audition. You know, he says that an audition should be, he likes to look at the audition like a birthday party where you have a, uh, your, your audition is your present. Now, if you come over to my house and bring me a bottle of Don Perignon for my birthday, you're not going to expect me to give you anything back. And you're probably not going to care what I do with it because, right. you know, you've given it to me. So I can wait 20 years until, you know, I'm married and open it or I can take the receipt because that is some expensive champagne. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I was saying uh, mm-hmm. that it is, a, it is a gift to get in an audition because, like I said, you know, three, four thousand people are submitting for these jobs. So then they narrow it down to maybe 30 who actually get an audition. So. It, it is a gift and I never take it for granted. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's why I wish I do go to an in-person audition. I see these goofballs in the waiting area, you know, not taking it serious. I'm like, Oh my gosh, get, get with it, man. Yeah. This is an, it's an honor to be here right now. Yeah. You know, the audition, you go in the audition, you, your audition is your gift. And then, you know, if they can use it, great. If they don't, then that's great too. You know, Because really, and another thing that helps me out, and it it took me a while to get to this point, but another thing that helps me out is I've never gotten a role that I, I've never not gotten a role that I didn't deserve, if that makes sense. Right. And like every single role that I got, I earned it, I deserved it. And every role that I auditioned for that I didn't get, you know, I there would be times where I just wanted the director to see me, you know, and I'm like, OK, I'm, you know, I know this role isn't for me, but I'll give it a shot. And I didn't get it, you know, so there's a lot that goes into the process. It's not just you. Yeah. It's how you yeah. fit into the puzzle. That's why I tell everybody, do good on your audition. Strive to have the best audition possible. But that's only one percent of it. Sure. You're auditioning for that particular role, but you're also auditioning for future roles. If you do really well and but don't book it, they'll remember you for other things. I mean, I've, I auditioned for Better Call Saul probably 15 times before I finally booked something on there. So, they, you know, the fact they kept bringing me back meant a lot to me and meant I was doing the job. It just, you know, for whatever reason, I was getting beat out by somebody else. So, yeah, you, you, you don't take it personal. You just go in and just do the best job you can do. And if you don't get it, you hope they remember you for the next one and then the one after that. 
exactly exactly and um how do you feel about you know how actors have found means of creating through the coronavirus i mean you have quarantine cabarets you know some people are doing tribute zoom concerts some people are doing whole read-throughs including the music uh theater three has actually taken a page out of hamilton's book and a lot of theaters are starting to do this where they actually stream their performances online yeah people are adapting really well i haven't really watched any of those things you just mentioned but i've read about them that's pretty cool uh, on the uh, audition front, uh, one of the things that's changed due to COVID is on, on uh, Actors Access, they have a thing called uh, Eco Live. So auditions are now, it's kind of like Zoom or whatever, but you're going to be auditioning live through Actors Access because they're not bringing people in in person. So that's something that just started when the COVID hit. And I haven't, I haven't done one of those yet, but that's the direction it's going and you know, even when the virus subsides, I have a feeling a lot of this stuff will stick around for a while, if not forever. Exactly, exactly. Now, we also talked off a uh, record that you have two agencies. I, I have three now. I just added another one two days ago, as a matter of fact. I got in Los Angeles. <laughs> I booked one, uh, signed with an agent in Los Angeles this week, so. Yeah, so I, congratulations, thank, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so I have one for the southeast. Uh, it goes from Midwest down to Florida and then over to New Orleans. And then I have one for Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico. And now I have one for the West Coast. And uh, she actually will go to Chicago and other places too. But mainly she, she's a LA agent. Nice. Now, the reason why I wanted to point that out is because uh, when I was in uh, class, uh, I was in an acting for TV and film class with Gail Cronauer, amazing teacher, amazing actress. Like a lot of strong actors came out of her class. You have uh, Michael Yuri, you know, you have the girl from the TV show Arrow, you know, so she's a lot of her people are doing well. Right. And um, somebody asked, well, could we have two agencies? And she said, well, you don't want two agencies because what if they book you for the same thing? Who gets, you know, who gets the money, you know? But I never thought of having an agency for multiple areas in the United States. Um, yeah. Is that, is that something that you, uh, you prefer? Is that something that is, you think, better than just having one? I mean, obviously it is. You get more work. But it, explain to me how that came about. Yeah, you definitely want to have more than one agent. You don't want to have two agents in one territory. I mean, you would never want to do that. But so when these, these agencies, they, they pay for certain, certain territories. And they get the breakdowns. The breakdowns basically is a list of the jobs that are available. And you only get what you pay for. So my Los Angeles agency is getting breakdowns for Los Angeles. My Texas agent is getting them for the three states and then so on. So they're not even seeing jobs for other parts of the country and in some situations. So therefore, I'm not being submitted anywhere else other than the region that I have them for. So that's why you need a different agent in different markets, you know, within reason. I, I know some actors who have several agents and there's definitely going to be crossover when you do that. But in my situation, there's very little crossover. The only problem would be like, so I have a different agent for the Southeast 
uh, my agent from the Southeast reps me for Louisiana. My Texas agent does not, but she reps other actors for Louisiana. So sometimes there is some crossover. They may forget that they don't represent you for that state. And uh, I've had some conflicts like that pop up. Well, I'll get an audition for the same job from two different agencies. Um, but when that happens, you just let the other agent know, remind them that you don't rep me for that aid, for that area. And then, you know, the, then they just pull that audition. Mm-hmm. Any okay. Most actors, you know, who are, are at least average or above have at least two agents. Uh, th- three, three, some of them, but mo- everyone has at least two. Nice. I learned something new. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, but mm-hmm. and, uh, and the thing is, that, like right now, I have an agency in Los Angeles. You have to have the means to get there. You can't just get an agent for LA uh, if you don't have the means to go out there and work, and, and which which I do. So, you know, if she books me on something next week, I need to be able to go there to actually do the job. You know, if, if you don't have that ability, then you don't want an agent over there. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody really well, has that true. ability yeah, nothing, now. <laughs> nothing's happening much right now, dude. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who are your top three actors? Oh, I remember of you all asked time? me this uh, last time. I got stumped, but you know, I thought about it a little bit. You know, Tom Hanks is on everyone's list. Uh, you know, Robert De Niro, Liam Neeson uh, is one of my yeah. favorites. I watch every movie he's in. You know, and then the you know the Brad Pitts and George Clooney's in the world. I love all, most of the, the Oceans movies. Love all those. Uh, but th- that was probably my top four or five right there. And then <clears throat> favorite actresses. Uh, I just did a movie called The Hunt, and Betty Gilpin is the star of that movie. And I was so impressed with her. So like, mm-hmm. she's big time on my radar. I, I just love her work now. Uh, Rachel McAdams, Jennifer Aniston. Mill Streep, of course. So, yeah, let's be. There's a long list. You know, once you sit and think about it, you could be rattling off names all day. But those are the ones off top of my head there. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Eurovision? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's a Netflix movie, kind of like a musical, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Rachel yeah. McAdams is in that, and I got so much respect for her after watching that role because it's a it's a silly role and like most actresses would go i mean we're just now getting people to be in superhero movies because i remember a few years ago any you know oscar nominated or any actress trying to be serious wouldn't dare step in one yeah you know what i mean but yeah so for her to play a role like that silly and goofy like you know, it just shows how down to earth and not, you know, stuck up she actually is. Like, I really gave respect yeah, for her. Yeah, she's, she's really movie. good in that. She's good in everything she does, whether drama or comedy. She's just so talented. Maybe the best one out there, you know. Yeah. Very underrated. I'm sure it's by choice. Because you really don't see her that much. But, yeah, she's really good in that movie kind of weird to have her paired up with will ferrell but you know it kind of works out a little bit yeah yeah i bet she's a fan <laughs> who are your top three singers you know it's crazy i'm not in the music that much i just i just never have been even when i was a little kid i 
I've been, I listen to sports talk radio. I'm one of those guys. I never, I hardly ever listen to music. Yeah. Uh, you know, Leonard Skinner is my favorite band. Uh, Sweet Home, Sweet Home Alabama is my favorite song. Uh, but, but man, after that, I draw blanks. I, I just don't, I just don't listen to music that much. It, I know, and I know that makes me really weird. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Um, top three movies of all time. Well, I love The Firm. I kind of judge it by if I watch it every single time it's on. And The Firm I, with Tom Cruise, I watch that movie every time it's on. Uh, Goodfellas, I'll watch every time it's on. Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah. Know, on the selfish side, I'm going to say The Hunt <laughs> because I'm in it. It's just it's just a great movie, and I watch yeah. it time it's on too. <laughs> it is, yeah. But yeah, where can we uh, where can we see it for the people living under a rock that I haven't seen uh, it yet? <laughs> it's in theaters that are still open, but you know that's slim and far between. In Dallas, there's only like two theaters that are even open, and one of them is playing The Hunt. But uh, Na- Nation uh, AMC opens in a couple of weeks. I'm interested in see if the hunt will be in in AMC once it reopens. But other than that, it's on all the streaming services. You know, it's it's available online just by anywhere you go. Uh, came came out came out in DVD this week too. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think it will be though. I think it. Because uh, there's a list of movies that they were going to put out, and I think that was definitely um, one of them. But what movies are open in Dallas? Because, like, okay, so me and my friend were talking about this. He was frustrated that people who never go out of their house or do anything are trying to leave the house and do stuff. <laughs> like He was like, stay home. You haven't been yeah. to the movies <laughs> in about three years. All of a sudden, now that the opportunity yeah. is not there, you want to go. And I'm guilty of that, because like, I'm not really a movie uh, a movie goer, you know, like that, unless it's something I really want to see. You know, I'd rather stay home and watch Netflix. But um, I really want to go to the movies right now. <laughs> You know, even if it's not just to, uh, because they have the uh, concession stand half off. So if it's not just to, and me and my uh, ex, we used to do this all the time, just to go in the movie, get a large popcorn, a large drink, and take it home. I highly recommend it right next to my house. I live up in North North Garland. It's called Strike and Reel. It's on George Bush. And it's, it's only been open for about a year. It's a fantastic theater. It's got the reclining seats and the whole deal. The, the tickets are only four dollars to get in. Uh, then they have, you know, it's one of those places where you can order f- a full menu and bar and all that kind of stuff, and they bring it to your seat. It's called Strike and Reel. It's a great place. The, oh, the downside wow. is they're not really showing any current movies, uh, super current. They're showing Invisible Man, and The Hunt was there until last week. But the most of the movies are like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Back to the Future. They're showing a lot of retro movies right now. But it's still it's better than yeah. nothing, and it's really safe because there's nobody there. <laughs> I mean, you basically have the whole theater to yourself, and they and they and they they sanitize between oh, the and and you have to wear a mask and all that. So it's it's safe as safe can be during these times, and yeah, it's better better than nothing mm-hmm. for sure. But oh man, let me tell you, like me and my 
friend were just having a discussion about the different types of um, movie theaters and the different vibes, like going to a going to a movie theater yeah. uh, by yourself is different than going with friends and going to a movie mm. by yourself when it's empty is different than going to a full movie. Like it, it, it just creates a whole nother, depending yeah. on how you go to a movie and what movie you go to will sure literally create a yeah, whole nother you know, A lot of people won't go to a movie by themselves. When I'm traveling and you know, out on the road by myself, I'll, I'll go to a movie in the middle of the day by myself. And it, it doesn't bug me at all. But yeah, it is a different experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that because I used to be one of those people. But I had a, uh, you remember that Bruce Lee movie that the WWE produced? No, I do not. Yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't based on his life, but it was loosely based on his life. And um, it it wasn't really popular, um, but I wanted to go see it because I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. And I went to go see it. um, The movie, it was in Grand Prairie. And they had like a, I want to say a, 12 o'clock showing that's right. what that's there was their last showing and it was just a huge <laughs> theater and me and i had some friends coming but they overslept so they didn't get a chance to go so i forced myself to go because i didn't want to waste my ticket yeah. and that feeling was it was magical man like i encourage right. everybody at least once to go to a movie by yourself and try to be the only one in there which yeah. is kind of easy I, I, in I this day and time. a couple of movies last week we were the only ones in there for each one of them yeah so you can kind of kind of, kind of dominate the theater <laughs> Right, you know, sit sit in there anywhere you yeah. want, you know, laugh out loud and say, Oh, you want me to be quiet? Oh, no, you <laughs> don't. Right. I'm the only one here. <laughs> Definitely. What advice would you give to somebody trying to do it? Well, you for do? young actors, I, I talk at some, some theater departments at colleges, and I'll, I'll usually tell them if you want to pursue it. Make sure you have an anchor job, something to keep you afloat and pay the bills, because that way you can do it for 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 many years. If you're depending on your acting income to keep you afloat, odds are really, really against you because the failure rate is so high. But if you have a job that's really flexible and they understand that you're an actor and you're going to be leaving at all these weird times and maybe sometimes leaving for days on end if you do book something. That's a perfect situation for, for a young actor. And it's actually the same situation I'm in. I work for a company that knows that I do this. And if I book something, I just take vacation days or, or whatever. And they're very flexible with it. But, yeah, if you have a, a job that can pay the bills and take the stress off of having to book every audition you go into, that, that's key because otherwise you're probably not going to make it. It's a tough it's a tough, you know, it's a tough occupation. Uh, the numbers are stacked against you. Every audition you go into, odds are you're not going to get it. The best actors out there book one in 10. For every 10 auditions, they'll book one. And those are the good actors. You know, not, you know, not many people are hitting that 10%. But uh, so that shows the, the failure rate there. And how difficult it is. I'm I'm nowhere near ten percent success rate on mine. I wish I were. Yeah, but that's yeah. Now, 
Now, uh, we talk about being well-rounded, and when, as a theater kid, when I hear that, I used to think just singing, dancing, and acting, but, you know, I try to encourage people all the time to go behind the scenes, because I actually went behind the scenes one time, and it's a whole different world. You know, not to knock any any actors, but it's drama-free, they have beer back there. Like the set designers are, you know, just awesome people, you know, and I feel like they're very underrated. So I, you know, try to encourage people, don't just act, uh, pick up a pen, start writing. Anybody can learn, you know, uh, take some voice lessons. Anybody can learn how to um, right. sing, take some dance classes, of course, but also um, get into lighting, get into set designing, get into, you know, make yourself, um, Todd told me this, make yourself um, uh, valuable, you know, don't just know how to do one thing, you know, and um, with that being said, are you just an actor? Do you write as well? I what do you do? primarily am, am just an actor, but I have written a script uh, about five years ago. My wife and I wrote a script and uh, turned out really well. We had a meeting with Sony Pictures and they loved it. And they asked us to, you know, make the film, make the film, and bring the finished product back to them. And they, we would work about a distribution, talked about a distribution deal, and uh, we made the movie in Palm Springs. As it turned out, the movie was horrible. <laughs> I hired a first-time director, and he hired about four or five different editors who all had different styles. And basically, the movie was butchered. So. Yeah, that was my first and only venture outside of the acting world into being a screenwriter. And it didn't pan out real well for me. Uh, but the script is still there and I can always redo it, you know, if I can get the funding again. But I've never yeah, I've never been on a I, think I mean, on small projects, everyone helps out a little bit. You know, a small independent thing, you know, you might hold the hold the boom mic for a little while and stuff like that, but you know, that's about the extent, extent of it. I've never been a full-time crew person on a project before. Yeah, well, don't let that situation discourage you. I think you should definitely, you know, get in there, push it again, you know, and maybe even write more. You know, what is your writing process like? I know some people, you know, have different styles. Some get higher drunk. Some like to go into closed spaces. I interviewed one girl. She likes to go to coffee shops and cafes. I used to be a runner. Was... I can't run anymore because I had a hip injury. But all my ideas came when I was out doing a three or four mile run. Uh, I would think about what I had written up to that point and where I wanted it to go. Uh, during that run and then when i got back to my car i would grab my iphone and record all the thoughts that i just had and then when i got home that day or the next day or whenever i was going to write again i would put that on on paper put it into the computer all my ideas that i had while i was running and that worked really well for me especially this particular script because it was about runners so it kind of just worked out pretty good yeah Nice, nice. Well, I definitely want to encourage you to, uh, you know, keep on writing. Who knows? You might yeah. write the next Titanic or yeah, well, you know, the one the I next wrote, masterpiece. You know, it's still, it's very solid. Everyone who's who's read it loved it. It's just, you know, I was on a shoestring budget and couldn't afford to hire who I would really prefer to hire. And sometimes you get what you pay for. Uh, and that's exactly what happened with that situation. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, don't just write one. I, I want yeah. you to write. I have other ideas. Screens. I have synopsis <laughs> written up for two or three other movies after that. Uh, but you know, when you put all your heart and soul into something like that, and then it, it fails, it's 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 hard to pick yourself up and start writing again. You know, but I do I do plan to do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, even if you write something, I'm the only person that sees it. I, I encourage you. You know, I feel like you definitely have a couple of stories yeah, left yeah, in your whole story yeah, tell. Do. I'm pretty sure that's not. Yeah. <laughs> What's your uh, greatest theater moment? Uh, well, booking the hunt, just my most recent thing that I was in was huge for me because i i don't know if you did you did you see the hunt i don't remember if we talked about that okay good i saw <laughs> yeah, it so three you times. know there's a lot of big names in it and they come and go pretty quick everyone uh, you know, no one's in the movie much more than 10 or 15 minutes except for a few people and the role that i played there's a lot of a-listers who would have loved to have done it the fact that i was able to book it was incredible i mean just the greatest thing that's ever happened to me and, uh, you know, I defied all odds by getting that role and appreciated the heck out of it and, and always will. Uh, I, I even I even told my wife, I said, I may never book something this big again. If I don't, I'm thrilled because this, this is just a great experience. But uh, that was my number one moment by far up to in my 15 years of doing this. I mean, I've done other things, too, that were mm-hmm. you know, being on Better Call Saul was pretty special because it's pretty pretty hot show you know oh uh, yeah the purge is you know just got canceled recently but it was cool to be part of that uh, which sucks because i was looking like i was a huge fan of that tv series i didn't think i'd like it at first but it actually yeah i, I actually never seen it. an episode until i started auditioning for it so then i checked it out yeah i, I liked it too and i like the movies also the purge movies you know there's 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 185 great concept. Excuse me. There's 185 original programs on TV today, so it's really hard to watch everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what's your perfect day look like? No grandkids. I, I guess your dogs <laughs> are there, but no grandkids. Just you and a cup of coffee and a cigar, just chilling. What does you your know, perfect day look very like? Very few days do I not have kids or dogs in my life, but the perfect day would be if everybody was gone. <laughs> and I got up and I went to the gym because my gym's open. It reopened about six weeks ago. <laughs> so I get up and I go to the gym. And then after that, I go to 7-Eleven. And I get get something to drink and I get the newspaper. I'm still one of those people that reads the newspaper every day. And I'll sit in the parking lot at 7-Eleven and just take my time and read that newspaper. And uh, and then just kind of go wherever the day takes me. You know, I, you know, that's like a typical Saturday in football season. You know, I'll, I'll be home in front of that TV. There's my perfect day there. I was watching college football all day. That's a perfect day for me. But that may be stripped away from me. We'll find out here in the next few weeks whether we're even going to have football. But um, yeah, that's yeah. Watching, watching football all day undisturbed. There's my perfect day. <laughs> nice, nice. What was your most embarrassing? Uh, uh, on uh, in an, in an audition, I totally forgot all my lines right in front of the producer the director and casting agent is for the tv show dallas and uh i walked in totally prepared and 
boom, my brain went to mush. Horrible, horrible experience. Never happened before or since, but I'll always remember it. My worst, my worst moment on set was on TV show called The Leftovers. I mean, uh, on Night Shift, it's an NBC show. And I had a lot of good dialogue. I was kicking butt. Everything was going smooth. Uh, but then I had this line where I had to say congratulations to this guy. And I couldn't say the word congratulations. You could have offered me a million dollars to say it, and I could. I joined <laughs> all kinds of letters in there that don't belong, even a couple numbers. I was throwing all kinds of things into the word congratulations. I couldn't say it wow. on my close-up shot. And so they finally gave up and moved on. And uh yeah, I was experiencing something um, similar to that. Uh, I was auditioning for uh, a play at my school called First Date. Uh, he had already casted it, so I probably, you know, wouldn't have gotten it. I, I wouldn't have gotten it anyways, but I had rehearsed all night. The minute I get in the audition, you know, I blank out just like you did. I mean, I forget right. everything. And um, so I, I walk out of the audition and I go to the restroom and I'm at the urinal. And I was like, for all time saying, I'm just going to sing hmm. the song. And yep. I sang it perfectly. You know, I almost wanted yeah. to grab the director. Yeah. Like, can you yeah. come in the red room? Right. I can do it now. It's called a brain hiccup. It's, it's nerves. It's nerve related. And no matter how prepared you are, your brain just doesn't want to come out and play. And luck, luckily, it's only happened to me that one time. But, you know, it's always lurking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Was there ever a role that you had difficulty playing? And how did you overcome that difficulty? No, I don't. I've been pretty lucky. I don't think I've ever had a role that was difficult for me because mostly everything I've done for good or bad has been kind of similar. I got, I'm a, a military. I have a military look and style about me. So I'm usually playing that kind of person. And uh, so, yeah, most of most everything I've been in has been very similar. It's kind of like. George Clooney, Liam Neeson, Neeson, they're the same just about everything they do. I've kind of I've kind of <laughs> fallen into that, yeah. but not by, you know, not fault of my own. It's just those are the parts that I get all, you know, asked to audition for and then I book them. So yeah, I do a lot of military, a lot of cops, a lot of things like that. Yeah. And I heard you were in the uh, No, I wasn't. My career. dad, my brother, and my son were all Marines. So I'm a huge supporter of the Marine Corps and uh love everything about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little cough here. Mm. But yeah, I kinda kinda skipped over me. And when I graduated from high school, Vietnam had just ended and uh joined the military just wasn't the thing to do at that point. People were People were leaving the military, yeah. military in droves. Yeah, well, tell them I said thank sure. you for thank their you. services. <laughs> nice. Now, is there any more advice you would like to share for the audience? Uh, you know, one mistake I made early on is I took it personal. You know, I would go into an audition and just be, in my mind anyway, be fabulous. You know, the breakdown for the for the part was, you know, 6'2", 200-pound, dark hair, military-looking guy. 
so which, which, it was me. They were looking for me. And then I walked in and nailed the audition. And then you never hear from them again. And early on, I used to really be bummed out about that. It would eat me up. Like, what did I do wrong? Could, what could I have done better? And you can't do that. You got to, as soon as you walk out that door, forget about it. Just forget it. You, you know, if you get it, they'll call you. If you, if you don't get it, they'll never call you. And that's the part of the, of the of the industry that can drive you crazy too. You never hear from them. If you don't get it, you never hear from them. Yeah. Uh, you can have your agent follow up sometimes and stuff like that. But most of the things I've auditioned for and didn't book, I found out I didn't get it because I was watching that show, you know, a month later and there's the guy <laughs> saying my lines, you know, and, and, you know, and that's the thing that I learned too was you can be the best possible actor in the world but if you're not fitting what they wanted, I could be too high, uh, too tall, too heavy, too, you know, too white, too, my hair is too dark. There could be all kinds of reasons why you didn't get it, even though you were the best performer in the room that day. And then, you know, also uh, there's been some shows that I was number one choice for. And then uh, they go, they go back to LA to do their final decisions and they decide, you know, to hire whatever a female versus a male a chinese guy versus me you know just whatever you know they they sometimes they want diversity and so they you know i i, I got cut out of the tv show chase was on nbc years ago and i lost several roles there that i actually was the first choice for you know yeah, I was just yeah. you never know what they're looking for. You know, and when a screenwriter sits down and writes something, he has a picture in his mind of who's saying those words. And when you walk in the room, you, you all you can do is be yourself and look like yourself. And but if you don't fit what's in that that writer's mind, you know, then everything's kind of out of whack for you from the beginning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, another, you know, that, you know, don't take it personal. And then the thing I said earlier about, you know, getting a side job or, or a main job that's flexible and allows you to pursue your dream. Uh, because you can be an actor for, for your whole life. Uh, movies and TV, they mirror real life. So they need actors from age zero to 100. So you can, you can do acting for the rest of your life if you have another opportunity, another job that can help you put a roof over your head while you're waiting for those jobs to come along. Exactly. Exactly. Now you're on the TV show now. Yes. Aren't you? Right now I'm a regular on Vindication, which is on Amazon Prime. And we just mm -hmm. started season two filming last month. And we're going to finish season two sometime in the next few months, hopefully. And Vindication is a faith based, family friendly crime drama which makes it very unique. It's the only, only thing like that out there. Uh, no, sex, no sex, no cussing, no, no violence per se. It's kind of, a, you know, there's some violence, but you don't, you don't see it on screen. It's just, a, just assumed. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a great show. There's 10 episodes in season one that you can watch online right now. And uh, great, great talent. Uh, Jared, the director, is fantastic. There's so much talent in North Texas. Uh, not all, not all the actors come from North Texas. Mm -hmm. Some come from other places, but the majority of the actors are Dallas-based. And uh, yeah. incredible the amount of talent that's in this area. 
So, so yeah, check it, check, check it out. It's called yeah, Vindication. And, and that's awesome because my mom, she's like an old school Christian. Like I literally had to take it back to my childhood. We, we watched it when I, when I spent time with her, we watched that. So Raven yeah. and Victorious, cause that's about the only thing she'll watch. Cause everything I watch has, you know, a little something in it that makes her uncomfortable, yeah. but uh, the, you know, your show is good because you can watch it for the whole family. You can watch it with I can watch it with my mom, yeah, I can watch it with my grandma. Yeah, and the other thing to. is, so, uh, it's, it's faith based, but it's not up all up in your face. So, you could, you know, if you're if you're a very strong religious person, you would love it, but you could watch it with someone who's agnostic or or atheist, it doesn't matter. Everyone likes it because it's, it's faith-based, but it's not, you know, in your face. So if you're not into religion, you can watch it and still enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. You know, I really enjoyed you. Like, this had to be the most smoothest, chillest interview. I don't know if it's because this is yeah. my off day or what, but this had yeah. to be, you know... Because normally I have people, you know, breathing down my neck, but it's just right. me and you now. So and this was definitely the more relaxed okay, interview cool. I'm glad, I had. glad to do it. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, and again, thank you for coming on the show. And if you ever have something you want to promote, please right. feel free to do All right, so. Man, have a good weekend. Come back. Bye. You too. <laughs>